This is our sixth and final session on Philippians 4:10 to 13. And what I want to do is step back and ask the very practical question of how do you actually live out these verses? Paul says, I know how to be brought low. Well, how do we? That's what I want to answer. How do we? How do we how do we experience misery? And I know how to abound. How do we abound? And in any and every circumstance, I've learned the secret. How do I live the secret? How do I actually practically this afternoon or tomorrow live the secret of facing plenty and hunger? How do I go about being hungry by this secret, being rich and having plenty by this secret, having abundance and need? I can do. Really, I can do? How do I do it? How do I do all things through him who strengthens me? So, Father, as we step back now and walk through how to be miserable and how to have much in such a way that we never lose our contentment in Christ. That's the miracle we want. Guide us, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So what I'm going to do is walk through the question of how do you go about hungering? How do you go about being brought low? How do you go about being in need? That's the first half, six steps. And then we'll go back and do it again. How do I go about abounding? And how do I go about having plenty? And how do I go about having abundance? In fact, I think the way I have it set up is that we'll take the positive first. So here they are. These are my six steps, each of them based on a text in Philippians. So this is the big picture. Number one, freely admit to God that you do not deserve this abundance that is coming to you and realize that it is all of grace. So here's Philippians 1, 7. It is right for me to feel this way about you because I hold you in my heart, for you are all partakers with me of grace. That's, we live by grace. We do not deserve this abundance. It's grace. Step two. Give thanks for the abundance as utterly undeserved. So thanks. Do not be anxious about anything. I'm at 4-6. Do not be anxious about anything, but in, every, in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known. So thanksgiving is our response to the coming abundance that we are learning how to receive. Third, based on Philippians 1.29, call to mind how freely, at any moment, God could replace this abundance with suffering, since both are his gifts. For it has been granted to you that for the sake of Christ, you should not only believe in him, it has been granted to you, given freely to you, that you should believe in him 
and suffer for his sake. So at any moment, this abundance that we are trying to receive with contentment could be taken away. Realize how fragile it is and how God has appointed it for now. Fourth, call to mind the supreme, all-satisfying value of Christ. Remember I said Philippians 3.8 was right at the heart of the secret that Paul had learned to contentment in all things. So it's going to figure in both how to abound, which we're talking about now, and how to be miserable, which we're going to talk about in a minute. So step four, call to mind the supreme value of Christ from Philippians 3.8. I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. Step five, consciously count the abundance coming to you as rubbish. Compared, it's not rubbish in and of itself, but compared to the value of Christ, count it as rubbish. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ. And then sixth step, enjoy the abundance. God is giving you a season of abundance. Receive it as a gift from God and a taste of his goodness. Find God in it. It is from God and is something of God in its goodness with contentment that receives the gift joyfully, but rests so fully in the superior worth of Christ that even if the gift were taken away, the contentment would remain. Philippians 2.27, Epaphroditus was ill, near to death, but God had mercy on him, and not on him only, but me also. So here comes a major pleasure joyful mercy to Paul, namely, God did not take away his precious friend. And on me also, lest I should have sorrow upon sorrow. I don't have sorrow upon sorrow. I have joy upon joy. Epaphroditus got well. I am the more eager, eager, eager to send him, therefore, that you may rejoice, just like I'm rejoicing at seeing him, him again. The whole point of quoting that is that we do receive this abundance as a gift from God, and we enjoy it. So that's how we are content in abundance by the secret of Christ's superior value. Now, we walk through it again. This time we're asking how do I go about hungering? How do I go about having need? How do I go about being brought low? I'm going to call it misery. That's what happens if misery comes into your life. Number one, acknowledge with joy and tears that this misery is from God's loving hand. That's where we start. Philippians 1.29, it has been granted to you that for the sake of Christ, you should not only believe in him, but suffer. It's granted. This is from God's loving hand. It is granted to you that you should suffer for his sake. It is God's wise therapy, medicine to you right now. Receive it as that. Second step. 
call to mind with confidence the truth that God turns all miseries for good. We see that in 1, 12, and 13. I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me, it's miserable, has really served to advance the gospel so that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to all the rest that my imprisonment, that's what has happened to him, is his imprisonment is for Christ. That's his, his misery. And God has turned this misery of imprisonment for good. That's the point of this text, and we need to call that to mind. He does that all the time. Third step, call to mind with satisfaction that Christ is more to be desired than all this world can give. I count everything as loss because of the surpassing value or worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. Bring to mind, I have Christ. I have Christ in this misery, and Christ is more valuable than anything. Step four. Make all your longings known to God in confident, thankful prayer for whatever you need in this misery. It's right to ask God. You don't become paralyzed and fatalistic in the misery. You cry out to God. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. That's the point I'm making here. The fifth step is trust God that he will fulfill his promise to give you, in answer to this prayer, the peace that passes all understanding. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts, guard them from discontentment and anger and frustration, bitterness, and keep you in that secret, that miraculous secret of contentment in the face of misery. And finally, number six, rest in the fellowship of Christ that whether this present misery leads to life or death, you are content. For to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. And in those six steps, steps for abundance and steps for need, I believe we are acting the secret. We are doing the know-how. We are doing the I can do all things. May God work it in us for his glory.